So this is because you know both China and most of the African countries, we are all developing countries. We have a lot of things in common. We are not only helping them, but we're also helping ourselves. I think it's a win-win collaboration. That is why we are here today to highlight that for the youth, for the future of the China-Africa collaboration. China has extensive experience in infrastructure development, and this experience can be valuable to Africa, especially in addressing its infrastructure challenges. Hello and welcome to the Africa Dialogues. I'm your host, Laura Chikonya, and here we explore the big stories and trends transforming the continent today, told by decision makers, thinkers, and doers. Today's guest is Tsong Shu Tse, researcher on African climate and water issues and joint PhD candidate at Tsinghua University and Oxford. Tsong Shu is actively involved in youth Belt and Road initiatives in Africa took part in landmark Chinese infrastructure projects in the continent, such as the Isimba hydropower station in Uganda, and makes regular visits to Africa, both for field research, as well as in the role of intermediary between Chinese and African youth and NGOs. His main areas of focus include climate change, hydrology, and international relations. Our conversation revolved around why and what China is building in Africa today, how local universities are supporting Chinese and African business ventures, ways to make social impact when running projects on the continent, and why the Chinese and African stories have a lot more in common than you'd think. Here's our discussion. Tong Xu, it's such a pleasure to have you on the Africa Dialogues. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm really hoping that our conversation today will revolve around essentially the the big issues and the big blocks that you deal with on on a day-to-day basis and in your research the first being infrastructure in particular in Africa and to make the conversation as concrete and as interesting as possible we're going to focus on the BRI the Bolton Road Initiative which you are very active in uh, then we'll move on to the big question of water in Africa, which is, again, part of your research um, and a huge, huge factor in Africa's development, sustainability and well-being in general. And then we're going to move on to climate change, which is also very, all of the topics today that we're going to discuss are very interconnected. And I think that you will have a lot of interesting insights, which I'm, I'm very excited to, to hear. So I guess let's, let's get started. Sure. Thank you, Laura. The first question that I wanted to kick off today's discussion with was just an overview of the vision and the mission of the Belt and Road Initiative, in particular uh, in Africa. So could you give us a kind of bird's eye view of what it's all about and what African BRI projects look like today? Sure, Laura. Thank you so much for the question. So the Belt and Road Initiative the BRI is a development strategy proposed by the Chinese government that focuses on connectivity and cooperation among countries primarily in Eurasia, but also including Africa. And especially in Africa, the BRI projects mainly focus on infrastructure development, such as building roads, railways, ports, and power plants. And these projects aim to improve connectivity and promote economic development in the African region. So I think China has really taken on the role of this infrastructure giant in Africa. 
Um, and why do you think that China's experience and offerings are special, especially in comparison with uh, some other great powers who are also trying to, to build in Africa? That was a very good question. In my own perspective, I think China has extensive experience in infrastructure development, and this experience can be valuable to Africa, especially in addressing its infrastructure challenges. And also, China's approach to infrastructure development emphasizes the importance of sustainable development, which can help African countries to build infrastructure that is um, that is both economically viable and environmentally sustainable. Mm -hmm. And how do you think China can interact? Is there space for China to interact with other players? Because I think that when we speak about infrastructure projects in Africa and just cooperation with the continent in general, people very often seem to think that it's a zero-sum game and that there's, you know, you have to choose one partner and you can only work with them. Do you think there's first of all, an interest from African governments to involve multiple players. And then I'd be interested in the Chinese perspective. Do you need partners? Do you want partners? Or do you feel like you have your niche and you don't really need to get others involved? Yes, yes. I think it is, you know, it is necessary that we highlight the collaboration between China and Africa, you know, not only in the framework of BRI, but we also, like, there have, have already uh, you know, existing a lot of platforms over it. And China can work with other global powers to bring more value to Africa by promoting cooperation and collaboration among different countries. So I, I would like to give one example of this uh, a forum on China-Africa collaboration, which is FOCAC. And it is a platform for China and African countries to exchange ideas and promote collaboration in areas such as trade, investment and development. And China's current footprint on the continent is very, very significant, with many infrastructure projects under construction or have uh, have been completed in various African countries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you brought up the forum because I think now in Russia, we're getting ready for the second Russia-Africa forum. And this is a good time just to take stock of best practices of other players and just to be aware of what we should be doing, what we maybe aren't doing right now and just learn some lessons. And I think that the the case of China's forum with Africa of the FOCAC, it's very, it has a lot to offer because um, as far as I'm concerned, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's an umbrella structure and it kind of covers a very wide range of topics, but they all happen within one system, which allows for more efficiency and just for more coordinated action. So everything's happening within one building and that allows for a lot more structure. Something that I think would I'd, I'd love to ask you is which of the big projects, that infrastructure projects particularly, and maybe even more so within the BI, that China is realizing on the African continent today, do you think are most important? Maybe within your experience, I know that you took part in the construction of a hydro station in Uganda. So maybe can you just go into which projects do you think from the Chinese perspective are most important? Actually, I think there are various aspects that I, that I can say, and not only in, in, in terms of infrastructure, but to my knowledge, I would be you know familiar with the hydropower aspect because my major is 
is, is, is hydrology. And in this field, I think hydropower can play a critical role in solving Africa's energy issues. You know, like right now, for example, many African countries have uh, abundant water resources that can be harnessed to generate electricity. And hydropower is, um, you know, is a clean and renewable source of energy that can help to reduce Africa's reliance on fossil fuels. So in addition, hydropower projects can also provide opportunities for economic development and job creation in local communities. Yeah. And can you tell us about your experience? You took part in the construction of the Isimba hydropower station in Uganda. So how, how were you involved? What did that experience look like? What do you think of the project in general? Yes, yes. That was really an unforgettable experience for me. My experience participating in the construction of the Isimba hydropower station in Uganda was both challenging and rewarding. I really learned a great deal about the importance of infrastructure development in promoting economic growth and sustainable development. And I also saw firsthand how hydropower can create new opportunities for the local communities and help to address energy poverty in Africa. Yeah. This may be a bit of a controversial question, so I, I'm going to go ahead, but um, I, I'd love to hear your opinion about why... Africa's energy potential is so underdeveloped. So like we see that, for example, essentially there are forms of energy, if we look at hydropower stations, if we look at nuclear power stations, that can provide clean energy to African countries, uh, which is obviously a huge task for the continent because the, the, the numbers, the statistics are very... Ah, discouraging, I would say. Uh, as we see today, the, the continent continues to develop and we see that more and more countries are improving their electricity access rates. If we look at, um, just the other day, I was looking at data maps by the World Bank. And if you look at Africa in the year 2000, and if you look at Africa in 2020, it's a completely different picture. So we see that lots of countries are making progress, but they still lag behind in terms of access to electricity. If we have these technologies, if we have partners who are willing to build these power stations, why is Africa still in this situation? What do you think the key factors are that are making progress so difficult for the continent? I think this question is not uh, as complex itself, but we are trying to, you know, like we are from different sectors and all of us are trying to solve these questions. But actually, for in terms of water security, I think it remains a major challenge, as you mentioned, in Africa due to a variety of factors such as um, you know, climate change from the natural perspective and also with the high, high level of the population growth over there and also the weak infrastructure. So these factors have made this situation more, very, very complex. And we have seen um, you know, the local different, both the local and also international sectors, they are trying to seek different um, solutions towards this and to address this issue. Uh, for example, local governments in Africa, um, they, I think they need to prioritize investments in water infrastructure and to improve their capacity to manage water resources effectively. And um, I, I'm also thinking about that, um, maybe besides this, collaboration among different stakeholders, including governments, NGOs, and the private sector is very, very essential to ensure that um, water resources are used sustainably and 
equitably. So this can make things sustainable in this continent. And you kind of bring me to the next question that I wanted to ask about how there's a lot of pressure being put on Africa now to be sustainable. And I think that obviously it's a huge continent and they say that, you know, this is the this is the century of Africa and the way in which Africa develops will largely determine where we find ourselves all globally in the medium to long term. But how fair do you think it is to expect Africa to implement sustainable practices when they find themselves in a very difficult energy and water situation? Actually, there are a lot, we have a lot of potential processes in this field, not only in the in development of new energy and also the digital transformation. I think there are so many fields that they can handle right now. They have a lot of things to do to solve this kind of problems. But first, I think it is very, very needed for the local governments to highlight the importance of how they can just do the uh, the energy transformation and also to develop their own resources to make their um, for them, uh, especially for uh, for the new energies to 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 make it more sustainable uh, while considering all the sectors for example for the high high level of the population growth and also the uh, how to develop their infrastructure in these kind of complex situations. There are a lot of things for them to think, but I will highlight that because um, you know, in the, in the, in the perspective of youth, we are we are still having a lot of things to do. That from our own perspective, for example, I have noticed that there are many young people and all, uh, also as well as the young uh, entrepreneurs from the African continent. They are seeking opportunities outside Africa to bring up, to bring some um, resources from outside Africa to get their, um, you know, to 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 get their investment and also get some resources to develop the local situation in terms of digital transformation. For example, I've noticed that there are a lot of uh, people that they are trying to do this. So I think it will be very very beneficial for the local development in this field. Mm-hmm. And do you, if if you have any examples just from your the work that you have been doing, I know that you have traveled around Africa quite a bit. I know that you play the role of somewhat of an intermediary between you know Africans and Chinese corporations, business, etc. So, are there any, I'd say, examples of projects or just any interesting cases that you think? Uh, are worth mentioning in terms of Chinese-Africa cooperation uh, in terms of development of the African continent? Yes, in this field, for example, in my university, we are launching some, you know, it, we're launching a project called X-Lab, which uh, helped the young entrepreneurs internationally, not only from China, but also from outside China, like, for example, in some international brands of me, they have been finding some opportunities over there to do their own startups and they gain some resources and get some investment get some uh, foundings from Xinhua and also from other foundations through this platform and uh, they can bring back to their hometown these resources and they can start with their uh, register their own company in China in Beijing and uh, they can take use of this platform and then to 
make to do something beneficial for the local people. So last month we also collaborated with um, you know like with a local NGO in Uganda. Actually, we we donated we have donated some uh, some basic stuffs for them for the for example some quilts and some some shoes some clothes for the local women and children. So. There are a lot of things we can do, and there are a lot of examples in my mind. But I think this is the most recent one I would like to share with you. Wow, that's that's very interesting. So, did I understand correctly that you help African entrepreneurs open their business in China, and you support them? It's kind of like a accelerator, or is it mainly for Chinese entrepreneurs interested in working with Africa? I think both of the situation you mentioned are happening. So, for for China, for for Chinese like me. Um, who are you know very concerned about the development and also the collaboration between China and Africa? So we would like to do something with them in, in many terms, but as well as the international students, for example, um, if they want to do their own startups, I mentioned uh, in, in Beijing, the the XLAC can help them to to do this and to start their own own entrepreneurship and then to 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 do something in the future. Yeah. What 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 are, what other things come to my mind at the moment is that uh, we have been we have been developing two projects in you know in like in the operation of our association. One is called the Insight BRI trip. The other is called the Insight BRI talk. And as for the Insight BRI trip, we have been like managing the student. We organize some uh, youth to to together and we select some youth. And to put them into one delegation, they 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 start from from China, and we uh, take them to do some field investigation in local countries in Africa. So the topics, for example, are uh, are visiting some, take them to visit some China Africa collaborated projects. For example, the hydropower stations, as well as some local Chinese entrepreneurs. Who have been living in Africa for quite a long time, and we can invite them to share their own experience to our youth delegation. So this delegation can take back the knowledge and share with more young people, and to promote the voices from from Africa. And as for the inside BRI talk, we have it like uh, once or twice a month. We build up a bridge between China and Africa to share over different topics. For example, climate change, green development, digital transformation. Actually, we have been uh, doing a lot of things like this before. Amazing, amazing. That's so interesting, and I think that again, maybe this is an overused idea at this point already. But everyone talks about how young Africa is, and I think that that just speaks to the point of how important it is to work to engage the youth, because the youth, when we when we think about it, you know, we we think about creativity, innovation, those who are most adaptable to new technologies, those who essentially will bear responsibility for these big development challenges that Africa is facing today. So I think it's great that you. Create this platform to, for the the youth of China and Africa to interact in a productive way that benefits both. I wanted to to also speak to you about the topic of your research because you know first and foremost you're a researcher and this is um, your topic is very important globally and specifically in the African context. Can you tell me about the research that you're doing right now? 
Yes, yes, sure. So basically, my major is focusing on climate change, but this, but more specifically speaking, it is about the, um, you know, I am analyzing the importance of ecology and sustainable development. For example, in some situations of conflict or economic turbulence, and I'm doing some research over it, and also some field uh, investigation in not only in Africa but uh, globally. So, which African countries have you visited within your your field research? I know that you've done quite a bit of traveling around the continent at this point, but have you have you done any research on the ground there within your academic work? Yes, yes. So around two years ago, I got a chance to serve as an intern at the UNICEF New York headquarters, and during that period of time, I had the chance to investigate the um, you know the local situation about the poverty uh, that are affected by the local environmental factors, environmental risks in Nigeria. So that was one uh, specific example of my investigation. And meanwhile, like we have we've discussed before, I have some experience in uh, working and living in Uganda for a period of time. And also I got the chance to visit South Africa too, and uh, also to Ethiopia. But but I think different countries have made me feel um you know feel more enthusiastic to this continent. I feel it is very very attractive to me, and I have a lot of things to do with it. Not only from the theoretical research perspective, but also like from a practical way. You mentioned Uganda, and Russia has is in very good relations with Uganda right now, and has been for quite some time. What do China Uganda relations look like? What what is your cooperation level of communication? Just in general, what what comes to mind when you think of China Uganda relations? Actually, I'm not an expert in diplomacy, but I would like to say from my own perspective, the people to people relation between China and Uganda is highlighted. You know. Uh, during my stay in Uganda, I see the local people, they are very friendly uh, to Chinese people and also to the people from other countries over there, all the international communities. There are quite a lot of people from outside Uganda, but they are uh, trying to seek um, not only the collaboration between enterprises, but also they are really, I, feel, I can feel that they really want to do something for the development for the local community so that is why like for for the, the the this for example for the hydropower station project we were not only helping them to build up such kind of hydropower station but we also helped them to build up some primary schools to, and also we are helping them to helping the local parents to send their kids we encourage them to send their kids to the primary school to get educated so that is another example I'd like to share that we are not only focusing on the economic collaboration, but we really uh, like to help the local people really get improved in, in terms of getting educated. That's, that's interesting. And I think it's an important note to make that despite, again, what some media outlets might write, you do have a turnkey approach where you focus on community benefit as well as the actual infrastructure project. So I think that's that's really important. I usually end the podcast with the same question, but this is one that I usually ask Africans. Um, what do you think when you think about the future of Africa? 
But I think in your context, I'll change the question up a little bit and ask you, what, what do you feel and think when thinking about the future of China-Africa cooperation? Actually, I would like to use a sentence to wrap up my experience and also what I'm thinking about this question about the future of China and Africa collaboration. I think the, the sentence is to think, to define, and to realize. So this is because, you know, both China and most of the African countries, we are all developing countries. So developing countries, we have a lot of things in common. It, may, it might be required that, you know, more support and assistance from the international community needs to be highlighted, not only like from China, but China, uh, actually from my side, I think, we're not only helping them, but we're also helping ourselves. I think it's a win-win collaboration. Actually, many African countries, they come to China. Actually, they get some exp experience of knowing how China can um, develop its economics within such a short period of time, relatively. But meanwhile, China can also learn from the African countries too. Actually, we have a lot of things to share. So that is why we are here today to highlight that, for, especially for the youth, for the future of the China-Africa collaboration. It is needed that uh, youth can always do a lot of things in the future in, in terms of helping to, to serve as the bridge between China and Africa. And I think I myself I have a lot of things to do as well in the future to provide the support. Thank you for listening to the Africa Dialogues. This episode was recorded under the Mgimo University Development Program, Priority 2030. We look forward to more conversations about Africa today.